welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Today, we thought it would be great to talk about International Women's Day, which is an international holiday that's celebrated around the world, not so much in the United States, because we've kind of replaced that with Mother's Day and the commercialized version in May. But around the world, February celebrates and connotes National Women's Day. And so what we really wanted to do is talk about the importance and to celebrate women in the context of a biblical worldview to explain what International Women's Day is and then celebrate so many of the women who've contributed to the ministry of Lifeline, who have helped with the ministry of Lifeline, who have been moms to children uh, from here and around the world, to birth mothers who have selflessly taken care of the child in their womb and placed them into the arms of another, and just to really celebrate biblical womanhood. So obviously uh we're coming to you as two men and uh well dr rick many of you may not know this is a great time for you to know that he actually uh, was a figure skater so even as we've just seen the closing ceremonies of the winter olympics while most people or a lot of people may say they prefer the summer olympics to the winter olympics that's not so with dr rick because he loves figure skating he was a figure skater and when we bring him on here in a minute he will verify with you that that is true but before we bring on the venerable dr rick i want to remind you about parent coaching parent coaching is a service available for any parent who needs additional insight into their child's behavior it's tailored to each family and each child these are 45 to 60 minute sessions filled with proven tools and techniques to use in building additional strengths in parenting you can see our show notes or visit lifelinechild.org backslash parent dash coaching coaching again that's lifelinechild.org backslash parent dash coaching for more information and to be connected with a lifeline staff member Well, as we were saying, International Women's Day was a, a holiday that was actually born out of the Socialist Party uh, in the United States. It was adopted by the Soviet Union in the early days of the revolution, and it spread throughout the communist world. Officially, it was recognized as a day of activism by the UN in 1975 to focus on equal pay, equal rights, reproductive rights, subsidized child care, and prevention of violence against women. And over the years, it's become more commercialized and more like Mother's Day in much of the world. And today, we wanted to take the opportunity to talk about International Women's Day, but like we said before, really look at the, the roots of celebrating women that we see in God's word uh, and as we celebrate these image bears. So before we even bring on Dr. Rick, you know, if you uh, are listening to our other podcast, The Defender Bible Study, we just finished uh, earlier this week our study on the book of Romans. And at the very beginning of Romans, Paul is commending in the first 16 verses of Romans chapter 16, all of these saints in Rome, 26 total. And then there's the 27th person that he names, and it's a lady named Phoebe. And it says that Phoebe was a servant of the church at Syncrii, that uh, that many, that and he was encouraging the churches in Rome to welcome her um, in a way worthy of the saints, and that she had been a patron and a servant to the gospel. 
One of the things we know about Phoebe or many believe about Phoebe is that she was actually the one that took the letter from Paul's hand and took it to the churches of Rome. Then we meet Priscilla and Aquila, again, another woman and husband. And so right here, the three people that Paul celebrates at the closing of one of the most important theological New Testament books are two of these precious women, business women, women that were servants, women that, that cared greatly about the gospel and were used mightily by God to, to, to take the gospel to the uttermost ends of the earth. And so, Dr. Rick, even with that background, I know that you, because of, of your love for Eastern Europe, uh, your obviously your three children were originally born in Eastern Europe and, and you brought them home. Uh, tell us a little bit more from your perspective about International Women's Day. Yeah, you know, Herbie, we that was just something we weren't really familiar with um, and had, you know, obviously it, it, it's a it's a holiday that's well celebrated outside of the U.S., but we don't really talk about um, talk about it here much at all. And um, and so on one of one of my early trips to Ukraine, probably um, now, you know, 15, 17 years ago. Uh, we happen to be in Ukraine in March. And so March the 8th is the day, which um, is always easy for me to remember because that was my dad's birthday. And so that's kind of a day that, but to, to realize the the extent of the celebration around the world and and particularly in Eastern Europe, because this was a tradition that started and, and was really kind of, you know, kind of emphasized by um, the Soviet Union and, and by other you know, other countries that were a part of the communist bloc. And, and so there was this idea of celebrating women and celebrating womanhood. And, you know, as you said, picked up by the by the UN in 1975. And I think what what International Women's Day has become is something a whole lot different than what it you know, than what it started to be. And it was really, um, you know, it really has become in a lot of secular circles um, a time to celebrate um, women's empowerment to celebrate um, equal rights, um, but but also to, to celebrate, um, you know, as they would say, reproductive rights um, and 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 really a, a set of agenda about kind of the the feminist agenda and um, and so one of the one of the fun things about about learning about it in you know in country being in you know in Ukraine and in Eastern Europe is to see how the church celebrates it. Um, and the church celebrates International Women's Day a whole lot differently um, than perhaps, you know, some of the people do, you know, some folks do in the culture. And so there's really a celebration of realizing that, um, that, that women contribute so much to the church that, you know, that the church in our lives would be incomplete without, you know, without women. And, and, and ultimately that goes right back to Genesis. It goes right, you know, right back to Genesis one that, um, you know, that, that God, as, as God created, um, you know, a man and woman. And then over in Genesis two, when we see the details of that, um, there's, you know, there's this sense of the complementary roles and the comp complementary opportunities that God's created us for in, you know, in the genders. And, and I think there's a, um, there's a real truth. I mean, I remember somebody saying, um, along the way in local church ministry, that if it, if it weren't for, um, women in the lives of our churches, our, our churches would implode. Um, and, and I remember as a young pastor, you know, hearing that and, and really it's true that, um, you know, that we, we need, um, 
both genders fully participating and and uh, in order for us to be all that you know all that God's called us to be but uh, but we you know we want to join in and and recognize um, through our conversation today the um, you know the the real significant impact that uh, that women have had on the ministry of lifeline and that women have had in the um, in the ministry to orphan and vulnerable children and to celebrate some of the people around us that, um, you know, that, that are, are, are noteworthy in that conversation. Amen. You know, I think as we even think about that, um, talk to us a little bit, even about what it means to celebrate women in the context of a biblical worldview, you know, especially right now in a day and age that quite honestly, Right. We're hearing so much about complementarianism and and really it's being debated. It's it's seen as, um, you know, uh, a slight towards women. It's seen as chauvinistic. But really, and, and you and I have talked about this a couple of weeks ago, even when we talked about marriage, that, that really this whole idea of complementarianism was a greater responsibility on men not necessarily even to lead their wives, but to lead their wives in following Christ. So talk about it from a biblical worldview, what it really does mean to celebrate women as image bearers of God. Well, I think I think there's no greater expression of equality than being created in the image of God, that, that there is a there's an inherent dignity that comes for every for every single human being, male or female. Um, because we're created in, in, you know, in the image of, of, of our God and, and, and we've been fashioned to reflect our creator. I think where, where we struggle is the fact that we, we, I think we want to, we want to think of equality in terms that, that the Bible really doesn't, you know, doesn't support that there's, there's an idea that we are, that we are equal in value, that we're equal in importance, that we're equal in worth before God. Um, but we've been given different roles and we've given, we've been given different, you know, aspects of, of relationship and family and society and all these things in order to be, to be able to live out. And that, that there's a thread that runs through the scriptures that, um, that, that ultimately we are, uh, as men and women, we're incomplete without each other, that there's a, that there's a sense that what we, what we see that, um, you know, that comes out of that, um, that initial relationship and the initial marriage with Adam and Eve is, is this, you know, this idea that where it's where we draw the term complementarianism, like, right, like they're complementary to one another, um, that they, that they make up for each other's um, shortcomings and, and their, and their giftedness, you know, really nicely fits in order to, you know, in order to provide cooperation. I, I think, I think the other thing that we that we don't focus on very often is that that as we try to sort out an understanding of gender and and the roles that we've been called into, that there's gospel significance in us living out the role that we've been been appointed to Um, that. Paul, you know, Paul spends a lot of time in Ephesians uh, talking about in, in Ephesians, you know, chapter four and and there in chapter five, he talks about this idea that that within the marriage relationship that we that we're reflecting Christ in his church. And he talks about the responsibilities of husbands and the responsibility of wives and 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 really kind of lays this blueprint out to say that as we live in relationship, according to those things that have been 
you know, kind of carved out and appointed for us, um, you know, based upon our, um, you know, based upon our, our gender that we are, we are ultimately reflecting, um, something about the Lord and something about the way God relates to us as his people that really is not seen in any other relationship or really kind of in any other context. And, you know, I, you and I've talked about this a bunch and I, and I think one of the reasons that, um, that human sexuality is under, under such great attack in our culture. Um, and I think the reason that there's, there's so much pressure to, to kind of break down the, the boundaries and to, to break down the, the order that God has placed in relationship and in particularly in how we relate to other, each other in sexuality is because there is, because it is such a powerful and strong picture of God's relationship to his people. And so if, if Satan can move us into a place where we break that and we shatter the, the word picture that's been given, you know, ultimately um, he, he can win because, because people don't see um, they don't see the, the image of God reflected well, and they don't see, they don't see the, you know, the, really the way that God relates to us as his people um, related well. But, but I think the, the point is, is that many times we get into a, a little bit of a trap of saying then, then that one that makes, you know, men or women lesser or more. And, and even some of the language that Paul uses in Ephesians kind of, you know, trips us up, but, you know, even we talk about, um, I talk about in our, in rooted in love, when we're talking about marriage, that, um, that, that ultimately there is a, that while there's an order to what happens in marriage and the way that husbands are supposed to lead, there's also a mutual submission that's to be true of marriage. And, and the fact is that that both of us are supposed to be submitting to Christ and and that if we're really submitting to Christ and really following after Jesus, um, then dominance and manipulation and all those kind of things don't happen. And we get to really live in the the opportunity of of our, our roles in order to glorify God and really in order for society to work well. Yeah. Amen. And, and man, we see that all throughout God's word, the importance of how men and women work together um, and complement each other. And I know you and I have talked about that in so many different ways and, but to take it a little bit lighter, uh-huh. We, we kind of gave the information here uh, that right. maybe most people didn't know. Most people didn't know that you were uh, an ice <laughs> skater. And what they may not know is you were a figure skater and maybe you didn't do it. Com- you did it competitively, maybe not professionally, but competitively. So as we've just watched the Olympics, especially when you look at couples figure skating, and it looks like the two are sliding across the ice in perfect unison. What can we learn, Dr. Rick, from your experience with figure skating competitively? What can we learn about even what we see in couples figure skating about the complementarianism of the way God has made man and, and woman? That is the most roundabout and interesting question that's probably ever been asked on the Defender podcast. Um, I, uh, I think, um, yeah, you know, it's really funny, though. I, you say that, but there's a, there's a pretty good corollary there. And I think um, we just watched, um, as we're recording this, uh, we, you know, my, my family, we've been watching through the Olympics. And my wife put a post up on social media the other day, by the way, that probably some of the folks that are listening to 
the podcast, uh, even saw because a lot of a lot of folks that are out there are friends of hers and um, that she hates this time of year because uh, because she can't watch the Olympics without me doing commentary. And and that's that's kind of true. Um, but but within, you know, I think about in, in particular, um, like we just watched the ice dancing competition and um, and the secret and the key to that is 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 two people working as one unit and and two people working well and they and they don't do the same things and they don't have the same the same role and and so there are there are individual moves that a man makes or that a woman makes within within the um within the context of a dance on ice or anywhere else that um, we're not we're not doing exactly the same thing but if we're not if, if we're not working together and we're not working in unison um then the whole thing's gonna gonna fall apart. And so, what um, ice dancers do, and I like, I don't know if you know this. It was funny last night watching the watching back the finals of ice dancing in the Olympics and realizing that the couple that won from France, and so they're like probably two and a half people that are nerding out over this right now. But one of the things that was really interesting about that couple is that the man was a foot taller than the woman. And yet when you watch them on the ice, because of the way that he skated and because of the way that she skated, they looked like they were the same height and they, and they were able to work together in a way that they looked like a unit and they didn't look like separate people. They looked like one, you know, one entirety. And, and honestly, that's not a bad corollary to, to the thing that, you know, that God ultimately calls us into in relationship that we're created differently and and we're created for roles that our society and, and a lot of, you know, a lot of the forces around us try to push us out of that and cause us to question it and cause us to, you know, think about the um, the the implications of those things in a way that are that's just pretty unflattering. But but at the end of the day, what we're called into is we're called into living um in the context of, of relationships, particularly in the context of a marriage relationship in a way that we reflect something that's much greater than ourselves. And so people see something in that unit that they don't see if they just see us separate and apart. Um, you know, Herbie, I think the other thing that, that is to be really careful in this is to not, to not stretch um, the understanding of relationship and the understanding of marriage and the understanding of gender to not stretch it too far. And, and that, you know, we have um, like we're blessed as a as a ministry to have um, incredibly capable women in our in our ministry at every level. And 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 the fact is that that there are um, while there are some things that are pro- that I, that we believe are prescriptive about, you know, leadership and pastoring in the church, while we believe that there are some things that are prescriptive about how we relate to one another in marriage, um, that that we but we don't affirm the idea that that there is like there's a glass ceiling for women in regard to leadership or organizations or or anything like that. And um, and, you know, and I just I kind of think back to where we would be if we didn't have, um, you know, the strong women. I mean, even, you know, I think of two of our you know, two of our dear friends, um, Carla Thrasher and, and Christy Mac Seegers that are on our executive team and and what they bring uh, in terms of um, a, a health and a perspective and 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 a and a professionalism that is that that truly makes lifeline, you know, 
part of what it is. And and they and and literally a um, uh, hundred and some odd other women. <laughs> yeah, amen. And I mean, even thinking of that, I think of national board members, and certainly we could call them all out, but specifically Kim Christenberry, who obviously is uh, <clears throat> an ASL instructor certified in American Sign Language. And, you know, even at our church here in Birmingham, we're currently going through Families Count, and one of the families uh, profoundly deaf. And Kim has dropped everything that she had to be there every Sunday to interpret uh, for this family. It's not her church, um, you know, but because she believes so much in this ministry, she is serving and she is a gift uh, to the church. She's a gift to the church. I, I think of all of the the women that we have here that selflessly are in hospitals in the middle of the night, on the weekends, during holidays, um, who are coming to uh, uh, care for birth mothers, women going through crisis, unplanned pregnancies, and the way they pour out their lives for them. And then, you know, even on that, Dr. Rick, I, I think of those women who, in a culture of death, when abortion is so accessible, go against the grain, really, of culture to choose life for their child. And the, exempl the, the way they exemplify um, the protection for this baby in their own womb in this culture and, uh, and how that really even shows us a glimpse through God's common grace of his goodness and of his love and of his mercy. Uh, we could go on and on with, with so many different examples, but let's, let's draw this back again to respecting women and honoring marriage. And, and you did a great job even in the correlation of, of figure skating, which uh, I know that many that probably are regular listeners to the Defender podcast are going to want me to ask you to please post uh, a picture on social media of you uh, figure skating, which, which I, I know that you will, uh, you will oblige us with that. Um, there are no well. pictures. There are literally no pictures. They were all lost in Hurricane Katrina. So any picture that you see is doctored. I'll just say that in case something shows up somewhere. <laughs> but in all seriousness, Talk to us about respecting women and honoring marriage. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think at the end of the day um, that, you know, there's a there's a false narrative out there that um, that in that in Christian marriage, that women are oppressed um, and that and that there's somehow in, you know, especially looking at Ephesians five and how Paul um, how Paul talks about marriage there, that there's a there's a sense that there is there is an oppressive nature to that relationship but that that could be no further from the truth i mean do we do we really think in in our relationship with christ um does jesus oppress us and the answer is no um that christ ultimately um you know in, in philippians too. You know, we, we talk about having the mind of Christ and Paul calls us to that. And, and what's that mind? It's, it's the mind that, that left the comfort of heaven and, and came and, you know, lived in the middle of our mess and served and gave and ultimately gave himself up um, to, to pay the penalty of our sin and to, you know, and, and, and ultimately to, to win victory over sin and death and, and provide for our restoration. And so, 
you know, what's a husband's role in marriage? A husband's role in marriage is to serve his wife and to, um, you know, and, and to love her well and to provide for her and to protect her in a way that, that he, that he treasures that relationship that, that God has given. And that, that leadership role is, is a role ultimately about pointing toward Jesus. It's not, it's not this, you know, kind of macho trailblazer kind of role that sometimes it's cast to be it's, it's pursuing Christ with your whole heart and, 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 and leading, like making the way for your, for your spouse and for your children, ultimately to, to follow in behind that. And, and, and so, um, and, and that, and that much again, I think is bent in, and we say this when we actually, I say this when we talk about marriage and, you know, in, in rooted in love, I think one of the, one of the greatest lies that, that Satan perpetuates in our culture is that there is more freedom, there is more satisfaction, and there is more life outside of the context of a marriage relationship than in it. Um, and and quite honestly, some of the narrative that you hear sometimes about um, where you know the the conversation goes, even about International Women's Day, kind of champions that kind of thinking. And and what we know is that ultimately the the greatest freedom, the greatest happiness, the greatest satisfaction is found in the context of that deepening relationship before the Lord, not outside of it and running away from it or, or you know, trying to get away from it. Um, and, and that ultimately women are worthy of our respect um, and they're they're worthy of of our of our our love and our adoration because God created them and gifted them for his glory. Um, you know, just go over and read the, the, the last 21 verses of Proverbs chapter 31. And we see about this, you know, kind of what the, what, what's written in Proverbs about the exemplary woman and, and what is the exemplary woman? It's a woman that's living her life as worship unto the Lord and, and is, and is diligent and hardworking and, um, and and that and that old, but ultimately, um, she's not loved and valued because of what she can do. She's loved and valued because she's created in the image of God, and so therefore um, is 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 worthy of love and respect and all those things because uh, because she reflects our Creator, just like you know, um, just like any human being. You know, as we kind of close this idea of National Women's Day and, and want to celebrate the women in our lives and, and our daughters and our wives and those that we work with. You know, Dr. Rick, I, I would just ask, as we get drawn in to this debate, even about complementarianism, about chauvinism, you know, I think we have kind of two pendulums we see. We either see this uh, downgrading of men and, and masculinity, where it, it's almost like any masculinity is toxic. Yes, there's toxic masculinity, but but the pendulum almost goes like if you show any level of masculinity, then then that's just toxic. But then you have the the other side that that truly where we don't appreciate the gifts of of how God has created women and 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 how that touch and, and i know you and i've talked before and so many times about the balance of of how god has created male and female 
in that love relationship, how our children need mom and dad in, in very different ways, but yet very equal ways. As we close on this idea, as we close on this time of, of talking about International Women's Day, what's a way that you would encourage people to both appreciate complementarianism and yet make sure that we don't lose right the image of god that has been equally placed in both the masculine and in the feminine yeah i i think it's it's very simply um to to pursue christ with all of your heart <laughs> like like to 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 strain toward um understanding and knowing and and being drawn closer to christ and then reflect that into the lives of the people that are the closest to you like the the overflow of what christ is doing in our lives should should wash over the people that are closest to us and for us as you know for us as men that is that is primarily like the the most significant women in our lives which is you know which are our spouses um, but I think that's that's to that's to value all people that are around us, including all of the women that are around us. And so we get, you know, you and I get the privilege to to work in a context where we work with some of the most capable, um, some of the most talented, some of the most intelligent, and and some of the most um, Christ honoring women that that I believe are on the planet. And we get to see, um, we get to see Jesus. <laughs> in it coming out through their actions and through their words and 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 through through the things that they do in ministry all the time as they're reflecting Christ well what should our job be what our job should be to to be spurred on to pursue Christ like that um, but then also to just treat the people around us um, the way that ultimately the way that Christ would treat them which is as as a very as a as a valuable treasure worthy of redemption Mm. amen well we want to encourage you as we look forward to international women's day to appreciate the image of god that rests in the women in your life those that you work with those in your family your mom your wife your sisters your friends um and just to appreciate the way that God has placed his image in the masculine and in the feminine. We are so grateful for all of those women who have served, who have strived, who have partnered with, and who make Lifeline what it is today. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.